everybody. We're back with the CCHA show, episode 14 of season two. And uh, we have some some guys back that we like talking college hockey with. Uh, Jared Rubedo from the Bemidji Pioneer. Jared, thanks for coming on. No problem. Thank you for having me again. And uh, Trent Singer from uh, the Rink Live covering the CCHA and Augustana out there. Uh, Trent, thanks for thanks for coming on again. And uh, I, I know you guys uh, some some fun uh, this weekend uh, coming up here. But uh, and uh, the team just went to Notre Dame and had a pretty decent showing, uh, especially in the second game. But we'll, we'll get to that too. Uh, thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And uh, happy holidays to everybody. Definitely happy holidays, guys. And uh, the, you know the New Year. Kind of, it's for me at least. It feels like it's slow until the end, and it's all really fast, and then we're out of it. So I don't know. I'm not sure how you guys feel about the holiday season, but uh, uh, we'll 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 go over what went on in the CCHA last week. There was uh, four straight days of games uh, throughout uh, between December 28th and 31st, and uh, we won't necessarily touch on every single game individually, but uh, kind of some we can talk about some overarching themes. Obviously, the biggest success story was Michigan Tech winning the GLI for the 12th time in program history. Uh, they needed to come back to beat Alaska, you know, a tight one against Michigan State, who was number seven at the time of the tournament. Uh, they won 3-2 to over Alaska. It was a very good team. For people who don't follow closely, I'm sure CCHA fans know very well how good Alaska has been the last two years. But uh, let's, go, let's go over that. GLI, also Ferris was involved. They... Uh, they uh, lost to Michigan State game one, four to one. They actually played decently in that game and then uh, lost to Alaska as well in, in a closer game. But uh, let's start with uh, Jared. What are your thoughts on the, on the GLI and how that turned out? I mean, Michigan Tech was 10 minutes away from this being a completely different conversation. I mean, it's, they were, I, I don't want to say they were getting like outplayed because I think uh, Alaska played solid, you know, throughout that whole game. They get that goal to get them back in it. Obviously, they tie it and win it in overtime. If they don't, if they don't win that game, obviously you don't win the GLI and all. The, it's the domino effect, right? But it's ten minutes away from this being a completely different weekend for them. And uh, you know, I think it obviously goes back to that Ryland Mosley line and adding Austin Swankler to that line was a huge difference this weekend. And uh, I know it might seem like an obvious choice to put him on that line uh, with Gordon and Mosley, but I mean it it pays off. And in for a kid who hasn't been able to play in game action for, I don't know how many months it's been to, to, you know, be a, to have those two kids on his side, it, it, you know, I think it really started to show as the game went on against Alaska. And then obviously on, on, you know, in the championship, it was, it was Jack works. It was Blake Piedela and, you know, just in a really impressive weekend all around. And even though Michigan State, you know, they didn't have uh, Trey Augustine, who's at World Juniors. I mean, they're still a top 10 team in the country. They're still one of the the better teams in the Big Ten. And so anytime you can pick up a win against them, it's it's nothing to scoff at. Absolutely. And it was, I think, probably early March when Ferris State knocked Bowling Green out of the CCHA uh, playoffs last year, the last time Swinkler was uh, on the ice uh, in, a, in a meaningful uh, meaningful game. Uh, Trent, what do you what do you think uh, on the GLI overall and how it, how the result came out? Obviously, the the ending was fifty four save performance for Piatala, and he stopped all three in the in the shootout. They got the one goal they needed from Mosley, and that was it. It was kind of also the atmosphere I thought was was terrific there. Yeah, I, I, you know, and one of the things it's kind of crazy that they were able to pull off a a fifty four save performance in that. I mean, they blocked twenty four shots in that game. They were everywhere defensively. Uh, one guy who really stood out to me and uh, probably isn't getting talked about enough, Matthew Campbell. 
Uh, he had five blocks in that that championship game. Um, believe he had a couple the night before. Uh, I mean, he's he's this is I think what we're seeing right now for Michigan Tech is the defense is really starting to kind of settle in in front of Blake. Um, and it's making his job a little easier. I mean, I think early on in the season, his save percentage is a little down because uh, there was some unsteadiness on the decor. And uh, they're young, and it just took some time. And I feel like, you know, this is perfect time of the year for them to really start settling in as we kind of get into the second half of the season. Um, but, yeah, I mean, offensively, uh, I, I was really, really looking forward to seeing uh, what Swinkler was going to be able to do on that line. And, uh, you know, sure enough, in the first game, he had two huge assists. I mean, on, on Mosley's second goal, uh, just a perfect pass uh, mm-hmm. across uh, across the ice to 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 Mosley and it's a wide open net. Uh, so that's the kind of thing you're going to get from him. I mean, he's a, he's a set up guy first and foremost. And then when you put when you're able to put two guys on the wings there, like like Mosley and and Gordon, I mean, the sky's the limit for for what this team can do. Um, I think it's just going to be really interesting. Can this defense sort of keep it up here as this season uh, continues on? And and can they put a run together? Can they can they actually increase uh, you know they're standing a little bit more, and what is clearly just becoming a neck and neck race for the for the CCHA title. Yeah, the McNaughton Cup seemingly will come down to the last week weekend as as it, it it did last year too. Even though it was it was fewer teams involved, we could have as many as you know three or four teams going down to the wire here. Uh, uh, other games that went on before we get to uh, you know just kind of the outlook of the league. Uh, St. Thomas had an odd series. They went up to Vermont and never really looked in either of those two games. Uh, the Catamounts aren't a team to be scoffed at at all out of, out of Hockey East uh, as well. But uh, it seemed like just watching those games, I'm not sure how much of those you guys were able to take in. It didn't seem like the Tommies really found either found their legs or, you know, they got down early in both games and it wasn't very, it wasn't very uh, much of what we've seen from them in the, in the CCHA. You know, I'm sure they're not happy with their performance, and it's on the national, a little more national stage, which is East versus West. You want to come bring it a little more, but uh, Trent, we'll start with you again here. We'll, we'll, thoughts on that one? Yeah, uh, you know, it's a long trip. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to make excuses or anything, but uh, I believe the second night they they uh, fell down by like three goals in the first period. Yeah, um, and, and that was that's a little discouraging. I mean, you expect them after getting beat five to one. Mm-hmm. in the first game to come out with a little bit more sense of urgency in that second game and just just didn't see it and uh so you know it's 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 interesting it's just it's it's over this holiday break where you don't know what you're going to get coming out of it and I think uh Jared can say the same from what he saw from Bemidji it's just you don't know if you're going to get a letdown you don't know if you're going to get a team's best and uh you know clearly they got a letdown when they went out for this trip uh, they are getting a huge piece here. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw this, but Chase Cheslock has enrolled, and I think he's going to be eligible to play here in the second half of the season. He was a USA, USHL guy uh, down in, I believe it was Omaha, Omaha or Lincoln. But he's a, he's going to be a great piece to add to their decor. He was a captain on that team, um, and uh, it's I, 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 you know it's what do you what do you do from here because you know what St. Thomas is capable of offensively. And we know what they what we've seen from them, you know, it, between the pipes. So, um, yeah, it's 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 one of those series where it's it's during this break, and as a team, you just kind of have to just dust that off and move on because what's important here is conference play, um, and they'll be getting right back into it here soon. Yeah, Cheslock is the NHL draft uh, pick, I think, last year. 
uh, for them. So it is interesting midseason addition. I'm sure he's uh, Omaha Lancers is the Omaha, the, right? Okay. One of the two you're leaning between there. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's an interesting interesting pickup. We've seen it happen across. You know, you, you can call Swankler a midseason pickup as well for Michigan Tech for all intents and purposes the the league's player of the preseason player of the year. Uh, but it really seems like going back to Tech just a little bit that they. They're, the more they're able to just kind of limit the mistakes out of, out of the back end, and they're relying a lot on Chase Piedela, who's seemingly cleaned some of that up, still makes a, a few mistakes here or there that leads to, you know, big chances for their team. But if they can just, you know, settle some things down, taking control, can, taking care of the puck, they have to be the favorites once again. And I know they were preseason favorites, right, for Tech, Jared, to, not to, well, not to yeah. go back to them completely, but to, as we're talking about another series here, Jared, but what thoughts on just uh, the text outlook and also the, the, what we got going on there. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it was the game against St. Lawrence where they tied it late one in overtime. And I thought that they were going to go on some sort of huge run that would kind of fix themselves, you know, some of those early season mistakes and they never really went on that run. They won three straight. um, But then they had that big loss here in Bemidji and it kind of got them back to win one, lose one, lose one, win one, kind of a, a yeah. pace for them. Now that they, they've won, now that they got that win against Alaska and they ended up turning it into winning the GLI and you throw in Swanklers being the kid that's kind of thrown in the middle of it, almost like a, a trade deadline feel type type of move that, you know, that they just get to add on their roster. I mean, that's for I mean for for my opinion that's the best line in the CCHA bar none right Mosley Gordon and Swankler I mean how do you they had thirty six points without Swankler you know just those two kids alone and now they get to throw the preseason player of the year in there just for free I mean it's you know it's it's crazy so yeah and when Blake Piedel is making seventy seven saves in two games and he's kind of you know I think he struggled a lot early in the year you know he gave up some of those uncharacteristic goals not that it necessarily cost them games overall but it was just almost like you know how is how is Blake the one making these mistakes these are some sort of rookie mistakes they're coming up for Again, one of the more accomplished goalies in college hockey. Well, it seems like he's kind of starting to hit his stride. And uh, it's so cliche to say it, but it, it feels like a team that's going to start peaking at the right time of the season. And, uh, you know, I, I think when I t- when I think about who can pull away in this league and if it's even possible for a team to pull in the, away in this league, I think you it's, it's always a safe bet to just pick the team that has the most talent and Michigan tech does have the most talent. Now, how does that talent, you know, can that talent overcome, uh, you know, like you guys have mentioned some of those defensive miscues and that come from having that, that young decor, because even when it gets to, to playoff time and they have to, it, everything kind of resets, the intensity picks up a little bit and those, maybe smaller mistakes are amplified more when it comes to that more intense style of hockey. So how are those younger defensemen going to handle that? And does that, does a, a playoff format or a playoff style of play favor a more defensively seasoned team? I mean, these are all just general questions about, about hockey, but I think that more applies to Michigan tech. I mean, you know, so we'll see what happens, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, for my money. I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to pick a team against Michigan tech that could pull away. If there were a team that we're going to pull away and kind of clinch, wrap this thing up, you know, before the final night of the year. 
Fred, I know you did a piece, I think, on top lines in the CCHA uh, midway through this year. You know, where does where do you think this line slots? In? I know you had a tech line involved in there, but where does this line slot in? Do you think? I know Jared's kind of crowned them, uh, but uh, you know, I know you've you've done extensive research on this subject. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I think they're. I think Jared's right. I think they're right up there. Um, I, I, for my money, they they might be the best line in the league right now at this point. Uh, uh, I know the Souter uh, Morton Carabas line at uh, at at Mankato is mm-hmm. is really good. I like that one a lot. Yeah. Um, I like I like Augustana's line. I mean, they don't produce points wise, but they've got good size on that line. And I think that when they're out there, um, there's a comfortability. They they they're actually able to possess the puck a little bit, which is something they've been struggling with a lot lately. Yeah. Um, I like that line. I really like uh, the St. Thomas line as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, with with uh, Wallen, uh, that, I mean, there, there's definitely. I, I would say I would say it's probably at this point of the season. I would say that 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 tech line with with Mosley, Swankler, and Gordon, as far as the eye test, is the best. Just because the, the that, I mean the talent that uh, with that those three can possess is, I don't know, it's unmatched. Um, as far as I mean, I know, I know there's some more veteran lines probably out there, and you can make the argument that that maybe those ones, you know, would would have a leg up. But I mean, God, I don't know. That, that's a pretty veteran line too. And you think Swankler's, a, you know, he's a junior. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't know. It's I, I really I, I enjoyed doing that piece, but now it's like it's like a wash at this point. Because it's like, <laughs> <laughs> that was like that was like a month ago, and it's like what do you you know? It's half the teams have completely are completely remade up. I mean, I, I can look back at two of my other pieces like like my freshman piece it's like that's a joke at this point too because all right so don't be too hard on just like yeah it just within a month things can change up so much and, yeah. and so uh it's just a I, it's an interesting dynamic when you when you look at the the way those guys perform i'm, I'm, I'm like i said I, i'm really interested to see what that line can do here in the second half of the season because i think they can they can can actually put up some some impressive numbers uh, moving on, we had the Lakers playing in the Ledyard Bank Classic, which is hosted by Dartmouth College. Uh, the results don't look great. They lost to the host, uh, Big Green, uh, back in my neck of the woods out, uh, out in the ECC uh, there. And also to RIT, who's top 20 team this year, probably the best team in Atlantic hockey. Uh, that game was closer than the 4-2 scoreline there. I thought the Lakers didn't play too badly. They, they played against the goalie in Cooper Black for, for – uh, or Dartmouth, or who is six foot eight, and he kind of answered that kind of question with the you know the commercials where you put the where they had the, the <laughs> walrus and goal and tried to score on it. Like he just he just takes up and he's very good. Don't that wasn't supposed to be any kind of slight on on, on Cooper Black. He was he was a very he was very solid. He picked up a shutout in that game. Uh, but I thought that the Lakers had a lot of chances and just weren't able to score uh, on those. And you run into some hot goalies sometimes, and it can it can kind of slow you down. And you can say. Oh, you lost four nothing to uh, a middle of the road ECAC team. You know what's up with that? But I think there, you can look a little more under the hood at that game, and also that RIT team they played, who's who's ranked. That the Lakers maybe didn't have as bad of a weekend as as you might think, Jared. Yeah, I don't. Did, did Langenegger start against he, RIT? the first the first game he played? Yeah, but he didn't start against RIT. No, he came in in relief. I thought I thought they played better against RIT, and yeah. maybe if they you know roll with the senior number one, that that ends up a little bit different because I know he came in in that game. But yep. it's kind of the same thing as St. Thomas. You know, when you go 
10, 20 days without playing a hockey game. And okay, now, now go out East and, and take on these really good teams. Uh, RIT is a really good team. You know, Vermont is a really good team right now. Um, good luck. I mean, good luck finding <laughs> your legs. Uh, I, I, I don't, I don't, I can't speak for any team outside of Bemidji. I know Bemidji didn't practice until the Wednesday they played before St. Cloud. Yeah. And if that's a similar kind of timeline for these teams, they're getting one practice before they hit on a hit, hit, hit a plane and fly across the country to play. And it's just, you know, it's tough to get your legs under you. And um, they look, you know, this Lake State looked a little bit better against RIT, but again, it's, they're playing the better team on the second day of that that right. weekend series and and yeah so it's just the way it goes sometimes uh trent any thoughts on the on the lakers uh last weekend i know it's a little bit tough to judge uh sometimes with the the camera angles and uh what uh what they have out there in in hockey east or ecac hockey yeah uh i i had it on a little bit i think uh the first night of that tournament which i think was friday yep um against yeah against dartmouth and uh yeah, it's, I, you know, I said multiple games on, so I was kind of just trying to, to take it in a little bit more. But just looking at the numbers, though, you know, it's it's kind of – Westcott's really cooled down. I mean, he only yeah. had one shot in that game. Uh, Harry Roy had four. Um, Roy was – Roy probably should have had a couple goals. Not 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 necessarily his fault, just like he got stoned mm-hmm. a couple times or, or the shots got blocked. And, and like I said, Moore was – or uh, Black was very good. And it's, it's – you know, it was disappointing, too, because I, I really wanted to see how Lake State would match up against – uh, Maine, who ended up winning that tournament, yeah, and because uh, Maine's, I mean, Maine is on a roll, right? I think they're number one in the pairwise, and uh, yeah, I, I, I was really interested to see how, kind of how they would hang with uh, with a team like Maine, but um, you know, obviously they they did, you know, they they were able to play against RIT. I think they outshot them in that game too, um, just just barely, but um, it's definitely definitely good to see them sort of bounce back after uh, a rough rough outing. Obviously, you want the win when you're out there right. and make that trip. But um, I know it was like, it's a two, two game though, in the second period. And then RIT gets a couple more goals and pulls away and mm-hmm. uh, just kind of coast, coast it out from there. So uh, yeah, no, it's uh, you know, Lake state, Lake state's just another one of those teams right in the middle of this thing. And um, that's a tournament though, that you really, really want to just get some momentum as you kind of get back into league play and for them to not be able to, to pull that off. is just, you know, they're, it's like, it's like you just kind of go right back into conference play as just another team and, and it's it, you know i guess the the, yeah. the the reality here is that every team is facing that right now um so you're not in any different boat than anyone else in the league so you, you, other, I guess other you than tech right <laughs> yeah, other than tech tech is trending up and they're, they're, they might be the only team in the league right now that's truly trending up i think minnesota state having not played is good yeah uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to see kind of what they're at this weekend <laughs> against augie but um yeah. you know well, well they have ross so it's interesting Absolutely. Uh, we want to get to Jared's uh, Beavers. Uh, unfortunately for him, he has to talk about them now. Uh, but no, they without obviously Eric Polkamp and uh, uh, the Norwegian kid uh, Magnuson. Magnuson. Casper. Yeah, yeah, Casper. Um, but uh, yeah, just uh, I mean, Matthias Shaw looked for giving up. What was it? Was it twelve goals? Yeah, it's for tanking his save percentage and his goals yeah, again. He looked, he, was he looked, really he looked very good. <laughs> I'm for sure, a goal, like, we have twelve goals. He looked very good. I thought, like outside of the game where he stopped, like what was it, close to sixty shots against Wisconsin in the icebreaker? Yes, I remember that. That's yep. 
The second period he played in St. Cloud was unbelievable. I mean, I think they were on the penalty kill for six total minutes against that St. Cloud State power play. Um, Scholl was uh, – I, I, Tom said it after the game. He said it was – you know, that's one of the best – that's why he's one of the best in this league. And when he plays like that, I mean, he can steal games. Now the problem is they took – more penalties in the third and the wheels kind of came off. Yeah, Kyle Lopes got hurt. They, they were, you know, there was a whole, you just can't afford to give St. Cloud that many opportunities. I watched them play up in North Dakota too. I thought St. Cloud looked much better than North Dakota. Now North Dakota wasn't anywhere near their ceiling where I think St. Cloud's a little bit closer to their ceiling. So maybe, you know, come March, it'll be a little bit different for those two teams, but um yeah, and I, you know, it's it's weird. It's Bemidji State's going through it right now. They they don't have pole camp. They don't have Magnuson. Jackson Johnny's going to be out for a while. Yeah, uh, too. Yeah, he, he might not. I, you know, he he got he went knee to knee in North Dakota, and he's it's bad. And um, you know, he might come back towards the end of the year, but it's not looking good. Uh, Liam Engstrom has been out with a minor injury. I think he might be back this weekend, but I'm not 100% sure. That's another one. Uh, Kyle Wolf took a shot to the wrist, and there was no padding. He didn't come back after, uh, I think, about five minutes left in the second period. That's a point-per-game defenseman. Um, so That shift, yeah. I, I was watching that game, obviously. I watched yeah. everything. But that was like – I think he blocked – I'm not sure how many were recorded, but he blocked like three shots oh on God. that on that shift he after shift after too. after his wrist was hurt. He didn't have a he had to put his like he left his stick on the ice and he was like diving back into pucks. He was like holding the most courageous, his wrist, yeah, trying to the get the most his courageous shift I've ever pucks. seen. Yeah, yeah. And then he stayed on the bench for the rest of the period. And he, I mean, he was going through it on the bench. It, it looked it looked bad. Um, yeah. So I mean, I don't know if it's a break or if it's a sprain or what or why not. It was so clearly his wrist and. uh you know, that's just but that's that's just kind of what you got to go through. I mean, they the good thing for Bemidji State is they have guys that have stepped up in, in these absences. And so uh, I can talk about it a little bit more when we yeah, preview well, the next mm-hmm. game. But I mean, there are some really key things that they that, you know, on the under under the surface that you can say, OK, you can lean on some of these guys and, and get through this stretch. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was a tough two games to swallow for a Bemidji state team that thought it had a ton of momentum and, and they finished 0 and six against those NCHD rivals. And it's tough. I mean, it's, it was a, it's a tough pill to swallow for, for the Beavers. Absolutely. And uh, I just, all I could think of was when I was covering, I was working at RPI and we had, they had a captain back last time that the team went to the NCAA tournament in 2012, they had a captain named, uh, John Kennedy, and he he made like he had a similar shift. Defense, he was a defenseman. He made a similar shift, or he like he had. I think he'd take him on like in the in the knee and like behind his knee, so he could barely move around, diving around, blocking shots in a game that they were not. I mean, I, I'm not sure what the score was when Loft was doing that, but it was they were they were down. It was two to one, was two to yeah, one was, time. Yeah, was, yeah. And and the other thing too is, and I thought this was an interesting point from Saratori. I asked him. I was like, you know, does it hurt? You know, does it hurt when you? have something like this happen against St. Cloud where, you know, Bemidji State's not going to get an automatic bid to this tournament. You know, they're not the, – their only path in is playing CCHA teams and and hopefully, you know, for their sake is having that tournament run through Bemidji. And, you know, but Territory doesn't look at games like that. He looks at it as, you know, 
we're playing St. Cloud. We want to beat St. Cloud. And that game matters just as much as the games this weekend against Ferris State and after that against Michigan Tech and then against Augustana, even though half of those games don't count for something that they're trying to play for. But when it comes to, you know, especially these in-state games in Minnesota, I mean, the crowds are a little bit bigger. The the attention mm-hmm. is a little bit higher, and that stuff matters too. I mean, they had 4,000 people here in Bemidji on – December 29th with no students in the stands. And that's because people, they, you know, fans want to come to those in-state games and the teams want to win those in-state games, even if they don't count for something. So, uh, you know, I I think I saw a little bit of it on Twitter of just people like, well, you know, how you get, you know, how you're getting banged up in games that don't matter. These games do matter. And territory will be the first one to tell them that. And so, uh, so yeah, but that's, yeah, I, I gotta say, yeah. I mean, Hockey doesn't have a lot of trophy games like football does, but that's exactly what these are for these college hockey programs that for the non-conference for, you know, don't tell St. Thomas when they're playing the Gophers that it doesn't mean something whether they're at the XL Energy Center or at Mariucci Arena, that these games aren't important. These are definitely, this is why you schedule these games. Right. For the, for the, it's, it's, it's the prestige, it's the bragging rights, it's the re- recruiting, whatever, whatever the case may be to say, you know, we got you this year. You don't have to wait till next year to get the Huskies again, or the or North Dakota, or whoever the whoever the case may be. Which is why a game for you know for Augustana, I know they'll be joining the league, and we'll talk about them in a little bit. But like these rivalries, they're built. These these are the beginning of of rivalries yeah. when when finally Augustana plays North Dakota for the first time. Right, that's going to be huge. It's North Dakota versus yeah. South Dakota. It's my state versus your state. Those are the fun things we have to look forward to. I think what makes a lot of these matchups uh, so great. Uh, before we get to uh, our break here, uh, we do want to mention uh, uh, Bowling Green had an exhibition with Windsor of Ontario, who seemed to be very up for that game. I'm not sure if Bowling Green wasn't or the fact that they were running, rolling extra players and all three goalies and or anything like that, but uh, 5-1 was the final. I'm not sure how much you can take away uh, from that. Bowling Green had their chances as well to score more than the goal that they did they did weren't able to bury them hit uh, i think a post or two but um i mean you don't want to dig too deep in exhibitions especially mid-season we have a couple more coming up actually this weekend um uh, between ccha teams but uh just uh trent what do you think about this this maybe this result or just re- really i think it's about getting on the ice again and not having your next game count for some of these exhibitions yeah it really is i mean if you're able to schedule this game at this time of year i mean you know, why not? You're, you're coming off a break and, and you want to, you just kind of, as a coach, you want to get a gauge of where your players are at and, uh, you know, just, just trying to get their legs under them a little bit. I, I think it's cool. It's cool though, that, you know, that Bowling Green's in, a, in an interesting spot right now. Who would have thought that they'd be right here? There's seven points within the, the league lead. Um, everything's still at stake for, for, for all intents and purposes uh, for them. And, you know, they, they just, they have a, Rookie of the month, I mean, and Cole Moore, who, who went three and three over December and um, had posted some great numbers. I mean, Cole Moore has been so solid for them lately. And and to have a freshman that steady, you know, between the pipes for this team is, is just huge right now. So, um, yeah, we'll, you know, we'll see kind of where Bowling Green's at as, as they get back into conference play. I know they, they, they've got Ohio State this weekend. So another tough test in, in the Big Big Ten. So. Those those Bowling Green games against Bemidji would have been so much worse if it weren't for Colmore. I mean, he was <laughs> he was so good in those yeah. games. It, it was unbelievable. 
Yeah, he made a couple of really nice saves. I think he had the play of the week or one of the plays of the week on a yeah. like a back back leg back leg toe save there. Uh, didn't want to forget about Augustana. We talked about them before the show, Trent, but uh, they went to Notre Dame. That's a tough place to play, regardless of who you are, especially in your first year. First game kind of got away from them with the uh, Zach Rose in goal, uh, but this kid that was in there the second night, my goodness, was he? He made the sports. He made sports center top ten plays uh, in uh, Caden Hargraves. Uh, tremendous. I mean, Rose made 37 stops in the first game, so I don't want to slight him really. He was kind of the reason they were hanging around early in that first game, Trent. But uh, I, I think I think you got it backwards actually. Rose was second game. Hargraves was the first game actually. Oh, I'm sorry. All right. Yeah. Well, yep. um, then I was. Yeah. Sorry. You're right. Hargraves first game made Sports Center. That that was a tight game, and then the yep. second game went that the one that went to uh, to OT, and then they kind of had the debacle with the contact to the head that was reviewed. I think they put time back on in regulation odd circumstances there but zach rose was spectacular uh, all i wanted to say was i thought both goalies were great i thought that they you know without uh without your head coach who's off at world juniors um i think i thought the team stayed together well on the road like i said not an easy place to play but trent what were your takeaways from a game i'm sure you were covering very closely yeah, it, yeah, the five to one isn't indicative of actually how no. close that game ended up being. I, th- I feel like it was actually a, it might have even been a closer game than the night before. Uh, they possessed a little better throughout that game, and um, I think it's it's a it's a it's a one one game all the way up till like yeah halfway through the second period or something. So uh, you know, it, it, okay, one thing I got to say is I loved watching this on Peacock. I mean, this was to, to be able to get a, a great production to see these guys was awesome too. Um, you know, didn't have to worry about the app glitching out or anything. You know, that was awesome. But no, it's, I mean, it's just a great game too with with um, the way Hargraves played. Uh, to, to see him come out against a team that you know can really really light it up offensively. Uh, I thought he I thought he held his own really, and and it's only a second start, right? You know, as a, as a college player, so. Um, I thought he, I thought he really hung in there. And then the second night, you just kind of saw what this team is is really all about. They fought the, they fought through that whole game. And if, if not for a really, really tough penalty there at the end, um, then you know this could be, this could have been a different game. They and they, they just, they, they, the big problem for them is they still are just struggling to possess the puck against some of these teams. They got outshot forty to twenty four the second night. Um, they just, they got to find some more consistency in the neutral zone. Uh, and in the ozone, I mean, they're they're just they're just not able to really sustain too many offensive shifts, and uh, we'll we'll just kind of we'll see how that goes against you know maybe some competition that's a little bit closer to them in Minnesota State. So uh, as they're back home this weekend against yeah. them, but but uh, yeah, no, all, it, throughout throughout all in all, it was I, I think it's it's what do you do without your head coach? You know, and they 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 really did. Uh, have kind of what Rabs was talking about before he went out to World Juniors is, you know, these moments where you're really able to sort of lean on each other rather than kind of lean on your coach and you're, you're leaning on your assistant coaches. And um, and so I think it's a it's a big growing moment for a first year program to be without their coach. And obviously it sucks that, that he's not there, but he's off doing, you know, bigger things representing the university on a on an even bigger stage. So, um yeah, great opportunity for them, and we'll, we'll kind of see where they're at this weekend against Minnesota State. Yeah, it was uh, – I think uh, Augustana almost took a lead in that game if the puck wasn't cleared off the line by one of the Notre yep. Dame defenders. And who knows how the game turns if that goes in. I think that also made Sports Center. I think they're – I'm not sure if they were light on uh, 
lighting on highlights on a Sunday, but yeah, who knows? I, we'll, t- we'll take what we can get. I know we were pretty excited to see Augustana uh, and talking to Nick and uh, over there in, in their communications department, seeing that on I mean, a top 10 yeah, player. Yeah, it was an awesome save, though. The, the, oh, my God, the, that was, save was great. No, I'm not taking anything was, away from that. It was incredible. It's what number four, I think, on the Sports Center top, top ten, and yeah, and just I mean, diving save by Hargraves. I mean, in, in a game he lost five to one, but man, you know what a cool moment for him. Uh, probably something he won't forget for a while. Absolutely. Uh, anything from you, Jared, on the on the Augie uh, on Augie before we get to uh, some stuff we're talking about outside of the league. I think I think I said this the last time I was on, but I, every time I watch them play, I'm. I'm just impressed with how opportunistic they are offensively. It's they never are going to overwhelm teams with talent or even some sort of complex forecheck or sort of offensive zone structure, but they do a lot of the little things, right? Like, okay, we're going to get a puck on net. And if they give us a rebound, we're going to score. And that's, I mean, you saw it on uh, Muirman and Trombley's goals that started each game for them. They were both, okay, they're going to take advantage of a turnover or I think one of them was a a misplayed puck by a goalie. Those are goals. And I think that's some things that a lot of teams struggle with sometimes is, uh, you know, making it, making the most of some of those opportunities. Cause I think Augustana probably knows that, Hey, you know, when we go to Notre Dame, we're not going to have the more talented team. We're not going to have the most NHL draft picks or, you know, up and down the roster. It's just not how it's going to be for them. But what they can do is kind of control that work ethic side of it and, and, and control those little things that uh, end up making a difference in a lot of games like that. And you pair that with whoever of the three really good goalies that they have. I mean, it's a, it's an early recipe for success and it'll be really fun to watch them play Mankato this weekend. Absolutely. With that, we're going to take a quick break. I'll be back with more from these two on the CCHA show. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 93% rate. Trevor Zegras. And they score on the lacrosse move. Jake Gensel. Gensel banks it towards the goalie. Score. Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr. Stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you're a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. My goodness gracious, man! Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. All right, everybody, we're back here on the CCHA show. Jared Robedo and Trent Singer. And uh, before we get to the upcoming weekend in the CCHA, I want to talk about some stuff going on uh, outside the league, and that would be the World Junior Championships uh, going on in Sweden. Uh, the league has three players over there. A couple that we talked about already uh, from um, from Bemidji State. And so, Jared, what have you had a chance to see any of the, any of those guys play at all over there? And uh, oh yeah, you know, and uh, two goals and an assist. I know for Eric Polkamp so far, and they're the U.S. is in the uh, the semis. I guess Norway is out of the tournament. Yeah, Norway is playing for relegation on Thursday morning at okay. 4 a.m. I'm not going to watch that. I'm not getting up at 4 a.m. <laughs> to watch a relegation game. Uh, but, yeah, I catch most of the reasonably start-timed games. Um, it's it's an awesome opportunity for both of them. Uh, Pole Camp is playing in a little bit of a lesser role on Team USA than uh, Magnuson. He's been the seventh defenseman when they've been healthy. Uh, they've been there's been some sickness going around on the team so he's slotted into that second d pair and that third d pair uh but yeah it's it's really cool and it's it's really cool for Bemidji State to get two players playing on that level um pole camp's the first kid from Bemidji to ever play for team USA in the world juniors um 
I I don't know if this is a hundred percent true, but I haven't been able to find another Bemidji State NHL draft pick. Um, so he's he might be a lot of first. I have to double check that last okay. one. I know he's the first team USA kid. Um and, and you you watch him, I, I think you watch him play every weekend here and you think, wow, he's just really talented. But how is that talent gonna translate to that next level when you know, he does go pro because that's that is what's in next in store for him when he's done playing college or how much more can he grow and you watch him play and he's just a sponge i mean he if he makes a mistake he's not going to make it twice and you watch you know his offensive zone skills as a defenseman and you're like wow you know he's he's got that big shot he's got that knack for scoring as a defenseman but i think some of the little things that a lot of people don't see is how good of a skater he is and the way he can open up his hips and how he's really improved in that and how it's improved his defensive game you know when he came to Bemidji one of his biggest knocks was that he's not a very good defensive defenseman which how you know how much does that translate when someone's trying to go pro right that's kind of uh an afterthought at this point I think I think he's more of a two-way defenseman now than an offensive defenseman or uh, a puck moving defenseman or is you know whatever whatever archetype you want to you want to put on him and 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 for Casper Magnuson I think you look at how Norway that they played as a team and it's they're trying to match skill on skill while he comes in there and He's a big kid. I mean, he's 6'2". He's over 200 pounds. He's strong. And he brought a sense of physicality to Norway. Did it work? No. He has 31 penalty minutes in four <laughs> games. But that's exactly the kind of player that Territories wants out of Norway. A kid that's going to uh, chip in, be a really nice piece with Leighton Road on a top line and play super physical in that brand of hockey. And and this is a growing experience for him. He's he's going to learn that, hey, you know, I need to take steps forward, you know, skillfully to start competing more offensively. You know, I, Leighton Road isn't going to be beside him his entire hockey career. And so he's going to have to do a better job of starting to create some of those chances on his own. So the, overall, I mean, this whole experience for for those two has been a learning experience. And and for Polkam now, it's always it's, it's going to that's going to shift towards winning a gold medal and especially with Canada out it's it's a pretty clear path to that gold medal game they have to obviously have to beat Finland on Thursday so uh, hopefully that happens before this comes out um and <laughs> no it'll, it'll, it'll be happening and uh and, and yeah it's you know it's it's really cool i know people in Bemidji are really excited for both of them and probably super eager to get both of them back too especially with more with league games starting this weekend uh, Trent, uh, the the third active CCHA player. I know there's some players that are committed to CCHA teams playing in the tournament, but focusing on those who are on current rosters, Max Koskaperdi, who will be facing the U.S. Uh, on Finland, he's uh, no points in five games, but he you know contributing to the the Finland squad. Uh, so it will be Koskaperdi versus uh, uh versus Paul Camp uh, in that semifinal, one thirty Eastern time, uh, twelve thirty. Central that's uh, on Thursday, as, as Jared mentioned. But Trent, uh, thoughts on these three uh, competing for their countries uh, out of the CCHA? Yeah, it's it's cool. I mean, Kaskapirdi had, uh, I think, 11 minutes vice time against uh, Slovakia in that overtime win that Finland had. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, what can I say? I, I, I had him on my freshman list, and I knew, you know, back then it's still, still holding up and everything. And... <laughs> 
No, he's no, playing well. I think it'll be interesting no, to see where he sure. slots back in, right? It'll be interesting to see where oh, Costa Curry sure. slots back in. He was he was top team. line. Uh, yeah, and he because what he was top line. I and and I I would assume because he was he on the Mosley line. Is that right? I think he was. It's, at one point he was. I know they've yeah. been doing some mixing and matching, but yeah. Wow. So yeah, he just. You know, he just leaves and loses his spot, but we'll, we'll see. You know, we'll see. We'll see where that get, where that fits back in. I mean, obviously, he's 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 got the talent level where he's you know very much needed for that tech team. Um, yeah. But but it's really cool to see him kind of you know make it this far for that Finland team. Uh, we'll see how they hold up against the U.S. Uh, I know Sweden's one of the favorites in this tournament. Uh, mm-hmm. Them and the U.S. are are clearly the top two dogs I think left in this thing. Yeah. Um, so we'll see, we'll see kind of, kind of, you know, where all that lands. I think it's just really cool to see the U S kind of this far and, and, it, you know, such a shocker that Canada's already out. Right. Chechia um, knocking off this, Canada the other day, yesterday. Yep. Yep. So, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's been an exciting world juniors and, and, you know, looking forward to kind of seeing how this thing finishes out. I know, uh, you know, August is watching this thing for sure because they want to know when they're going to get their coach back. So. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And, uh, just want to point out that for for Costa Purdy, you rarely see, I think, U.S. or college players playing for the Finnish national team. I think they're very, uh, I'm not sure, partial to, you know, players that, that are homegrown, not homegrown, but it's kind of stuck around uh, playing for their, in, playing within their Finnish system over there. But uh, it, it's very cool for Costa Purdy to be selected out of, you know, playing or playing overseas, essentially, from from their point of view. Uh, let's uh, get to the upcoming weekend. We have two exhibitions and a bunch of interesting games to talk about here. Uh, let's begin with Minnesota State Augustana, Trent, and we'll get right back to you with that one. I know you're going to be out there for that. Um, long layoff we talked about for the Mavericks, but they seem to be playing uh, pretty well. They split at RPI. I was actually there uh, the last time that they were on the ice, but uh, it seems like a pretty good matchup here um in this one and a chance for these two teams there aren't probably the close maybe the closest two teams as far as augustana is concerned they're their closest ccha opponent yeah i think it is i I think it would be for sure i think yeah mankato being right there what do you you think about this uh this series and uh most likely still without their head coach i have to guess where he'll be oh yeah he even if he's even if they the u.s doesn't win tomorrow it'd be tough to get back in time for that one well, it was funny too because I think when they were getting this whole, you know, I think in the prep before the World Juniors, when yeah. I was talking to Rabs, he said for sure it'll be you know the Fairbank series, the Notre Dame series, and then possibly, and I'm like, yeah, you're going to be gone for the Minnesota State series. You know, the U.S. is going to make a run here. I don't know, what, you know, where's your confidence at? So, uh, <laughs> you know, it's 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 cool though. No, it's 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 cool that he's getting that experience, and and I think you know. On the flip side, it's I think it's really cool that the team is getting this opportunity. We talked a little bit about it already. Um, you know, they they got the chance to play over this holiday break um, with that with that New Year's series out in South Bend, and so to see them come back, you know, it's it's one of those situations where it's like I kind of I I have a good idea of what what to expect from Augustana. I think the bigger question is, you know, what are we going to get from Minnesota State? Uh, will they be rusty? Uh, are they going to be, you know, on the top, you know, of, of their game as they kind of get into the second half? I mean, this is the stretch where somebody's got to start pulling away in this league. Um, you know, like like Jared and has alluded to earlier, this is this is going to be a one-bid league. you got to win this conference. And, and for Minnesota State, I, 
I still think that they could be the best team uh, altogether. I think they're the most consistently uh, rounded team in a lot of ways. Um, just because I think, I think defensively they, they, they're tight. And I think that on the offensive end, I think they, they've got good, you know, depth from one through four on those lines. Um, you know, we know what we're getting from Alex Tracy in the net and, and Keenan Rensier has been great when he's been in there. So I, I'm really interested to see, is Minnesota State going to come out? You know, are they going to, are, are they going to be able to match the legs that Augustana has? Uh, they'll ha- they will have fresher legs like that. You know, there's no doubt about it, but, but at the same, in the, at the same time, it's like, they've been off three weeks. So, you know, it, it'll be a big question. The big question will be how do they come out um, and, and sort of go toe to toe with Augustana, which is just crazy to say here for a first year team. <laughs> Jared. Yeah. Um, I, I, I have a, I have a couple questions for Trent about this series. I love that. Yeah, fire away. <laughs> I'm an I'm an Augie grad. Um, and when I was there, uh, there was a very clear uh distaste for Mankato in across all sports. Um I, I roomed with a couple baseball players, and that's that was the big rivalry. Is is there a chance this turns into Minnesota State's biggest rival as time goes on between these two schools? Because it could carry over. Well, you know, Minnesota State's biggest rival, I don't know. Um, it, it, for them, you got to you know, consider, like, all the in-state rivalries they already have on the ice with so many teams. I mean, you know, whether it's Bemidji or whether it's St. Cloud, you know, I don't know if that it, it could evolve into Minnesota State's biggest rivals, but I could tell you, and I think you know this too, Jared, that, you know, Augie, Augie hates Minnesota State. Like, that's just, that's just kind of their thing. Like, that's... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's that's just. <laughs> oh yeah, just I, like, I I tuned into the super regional baseball tournament this past year when they play right. against. I mean, they they don't like each other, and it, and that that feeling's mutual both ways. And so I, I think it would be really cool for both teams if they translated that dis distrust in each other, that those bad bad feelings towards each other to hockey, because I mean that'd be a really fun really passionate rivalry that could again go th- across all sports you tell yeah, me Cal- think... you tell me caleb fieldbar doesn't like minnesota state uh hockey <laughs> no he doesn't <laughs> i don't i don't know if he likes any hockey <laughs> <laughs> okay okay yeah i think you know i think it could evolve into that too for sure um you know this won't be this this won't be the one to do it obviously i think the students you know there's not there probably won't be many students at this one it's J term right now and okay uh this is a tough one. I know they're really they're they're trying to get some people to come out for this one. Um, and like I think we talked about earlier, this is their last game at the Denny before uh, Midco opens up later this month. So later this month, I mean, here we are. We're in January. I just just that just kind of hit me just now. You know, it's kind of crazy that we've been waiting this long for this arena to open, and and here we are, twenty three days out. And um, yeah, no, I, I think that down the line, this is certainly um, this certainly has the potential for Augustana's biggest rivalry. Uh, to to come to fruition now now you know Minnesota State I just it's kind of hard it's kind of hard to really evaluate it just when you consider all the in-state rivalries but for sure Augustana I, I would say it might might even already be their biggest rival I guess we'll we'll see what the what the penalty minutes look like after this one I know another thing I, I wanted to and it's not an ask but it's something I I wanted to figure out because I think when I watched Augie and 
Minnesota State, I see a lot of similarities between the two teams. Like you talked about how they both have a really good top line. They both have really good goaltending duos, and Augie's is more of a trio even. Uh, so I was trying to find the differences between these two teams on paper, other than the fact that Minnesota State probably just has a better roster. Minnesota State's three and seven in one goal games this year, and they were nine and nine last year. And, and not there's still whatever 10, 12, 14 games left for these teams. But uh, I wonder, I wonder if that's something that they're, you know, internally battling a little bit is wondering how do we, how do we win those one goal games? And obviously, empty netters play a factor in those two. So I didn't go through and see which games had an empty netter and stuff. But um, they're not always coming up on the right end of those one of those close games. Whereas last year they were nine and nine in them. And, and, you know, that's a big drop off. And so if something like that doesn't improve when you go into postseason play, you know, that could be an area of concern for them is closing out those close wins or fighting back late in games in those close wins. You know, whether it's a six to five game against Bemidji or a two to one game against whoever. I mean, it's the you have to kind of be a chameleon in a little bit of ways to adapt into the style of those games. And I think they've done a really good job of that in past years. And I wonder how much of that is still a work in progress for them is finding ways to win all kinds of games, even, you know, the close ones or the high scoring ones or the, the one, nothing ones. So it's just another thing that I was keeping an eye on. I, I think you're, I think it's kind of twofold too. Like, you know, they they won some they 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 beat St Cloud State by a goal um and then it's the nature of the league this year too then just the way this league is with with teams just trading off I mean you got splits every weekend you got teams who shouldn't be sweeping getting a sweep like it's just it's the nature of the CCHA in 2023-24 too and they 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 haven't played as well at home they're four and five at home it's um you know they've got that to deal with too they need to be better you know in Mankato. So, yeah, it's they're they're that, that, and I think that that's that's what makes them such an interesting team as you go into the second half too, because they are right there, they're right on that precipice. What they're I think they're, are they one one game out from a five hundred on the season, or am I wrong on that? Uh, I think they're, they're they are five hundred. Yeah, eight. eight no, they're at that five hundred. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, you know, I mean, it's just like they're right there. They're 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 they have the, the third best record in the league if you want to look at it from that perspective because right. you know Michigan Tech has a winning record and or I think they might even have the second best so it's you know yeah now, I, now imagine I, you flip those one goal games too I mean then they're yep yep how they're clear exactly. are they first place are they clear ahead of everyone else you know that's is that the, is that the last piece of the puzzle for them to fi- figure out I mean the only time will tell but. We'll, we'll and they out. had that. They did have the. I mean, you know, they got snake bit by Bemidji when they went on that two week bender on Saturday yeah. night too. So, uh, you know, I think Michigan Tech looks at that 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 series the same way. You know, they 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 think it should have been a sweep, and I would I would say Mankato looks at it and says it probably should have been a sweep, but but Bemidji stole a couple. So that's just the league, man. That is this league this year. And the Mankato's home schedule has been relatively difficult. The only team they played with a losing yep. record at home is the Bemidji, who's in first place in the 100%. league. 100%. <laughs> yep. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's been St. Thomas, Tech, and then not conference, it was UMass and St. Cloud. So those are all ranked teams now. I mean, Tech's not ranked, but you get the gist of what I was saying. There. Yep. So they'll have Ferris coming up at home. 
the, the remaining home schedules, Ferris, Northern, St. Thomas, Lake State. So they have a chance to improve yep. the record and a chance to improve that that one goal record that you're talking about. And we could be saying a completely different thing in, in a month. Yeah. Or two. So that's well, a good we could point, a different thing next week. I mean, it's... <laughs> <laughs> good uh, man, we got to get top. We, we really got to get Tom territory and talk about the parody. We just do a whole episode on the parody of the league with Tom territory. <laughs> With some some more <laughs> seratoriisms, yeah, we we'll get that going. <laughs> I'll just get Tyler over there to compile them for me. That'll be that'll be the <laughs> easiest way to do it. And just run a montage. <laughs> Next up, we have Bemidji State heading to Ferris for two. Jared, uh, really tough to kind of gauge these two teams right now. Both of them, um, Ferris, like I said, didn't play all that badly in the GLI. That didn't win either game, but. They've been a team that's tough to play against, as they usually are, and they've had some some big wins this year. Uh, they find themselves in last place going into the second half here. But uh, you know, what do you think of the Bemidji and, and Ferris? This is such a an important series for both of these teams for completely different reasons. I mean, if Ferris yeah. wants to get back into this, they have to sweep. And if there was a time to sweep a team in first place. It's it's Bemidji State. I, I already touched on the injuries, and but they're not going to have Magnuson back, and they're not going to have Polkamp back. They could be without Loft. They they're going to be without Judding. I don't know about Engstrom. That 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 is so many points out of the lineup, and it's tough to take a bus to Big Rapids and and play in that building. And it's tough to do it when you're coming off of a a pretty demoralizing sweep where you got outscored 12 to two. Um, but I think, I think one thing that stands out for Bemidji state is, you know, if they're going to get points this weekend, and I think that's all they're focused on. I think they're trying to, you know, if they get three, four points, anything else is a bonus after that. Um, but I think a lot of it will come from their their second line right now. And that second line is a group of three seniors, two of which have had uh, combined three season-ending injuries. Uh, Austin Jopi, I think he had two separate shoulder injuries on both shoulders. Um, And Eric Martin last year, uh, he had a season-ending injury. He got cut in the back of his leg with a skate. Mm -hmm. And they took a while. Jopi started the season bottom, you know, last line. He was getting five, six minutes a game. He's kind of by – opportunity just elevated himself in the lineup one one week after another him you know pairing those two with carter jones who's been at the top of the lineup all season they're they're on a heater uh they've combined for i think 36 points now this season uh they jones was a player of the week after was it the lake state series um eric martin has been trying to transition to center and his faceoff numbers have been pretty tough, but I think you see some of the other outside of winning faceoffs, you see some of those intangibles starting to pick up for him a little bit at center. Uh, and Joby has been, you know, uh, really a blessing in disguise for a team that they thought was going to be a, a depth forward. Who's now playing second line minutes every night. And if, you know, without the, t- the top line being huge, offensive producers they need to get scoring out of that line and for the most part that line's delivered um the other thing is against bowling green without pole camp they we saw defensemen step up offensively uh vince corcoran and logan Ochison had their first goals of the season tony fulmer had his first point in 81 collegiate games 
against Bowling Green. I don't know how you go that long and don't accidentally get a point, but yeah, he did. <laughs> um, and I think they expected that, you know, those contributions of stepping up offensively a little bit more to translate over against St. Cloud. And it, it's almost like they got punched in the face with how fast it didn't translate. Uh, they sacrificed some defensive aspects to keep trying to fill the void offensively. And you saw it first shift. Uh, Will Magnuson whiffed on a on trying to hold the zone on a puck in midair, two-on-one, snipe shoal, 56 seconds in. And then a bad breakout pass, trying to jump up in an on-man rush, led to a turnover, 2 nothing, five and a half minutes in. Now you're trying to play catch-up against a team that's healthy scratching NHL draft picks, and you're just not going to win those games. So they didn't really find ways to have their depth defensemen translate more offense from, you know, without sacrificing some of those defensive intangibles. And that's going to be a key for them too, especially if Loft doesn't play because they Loft and pole camp account for 28 of the 43 points for all defensemen on Bemidji state. If you don't have those two, you know, it's a big liability. So where are you going to get offense from on the blue line and can Ferris state exploit that a little bit, you know, can they continue to exploit Bemidji State down the middle like other teams have all season. Uh, Bemidji State's a horrible face-off team. You know, I know Ferris State isn't much better, but again, it's those things matter. So, you know, there's a lot in the air. If Bemidji State comes away with points this weekend, I think they'll take it. If Ferris State, you have you you can't you can't get swept this weekend. I mean, there's just no excuse to get swept if you're fair state so it's one of those ones where it feels like anything can happen it's a tough place to play but it'll be exciting to see how it unfolds <laughs> anything to add there trent on this one you know honestly i, I just to echo kind of what jared's saying you, you talk about how big of a series it is i just want to i just want to point this out this is this is what bemidji state schedule looks like from from here yes. on out it's they've so got fair, yep they've got ferris state you know, at Ferris State, and then they have to go to Michigan Tech, and then they come home and play Augustana, and then they go to Northern Michigan, they come home, play Ferris State, and they go to St. Thomas, and then come home and play Minnesota State. I mean, they're they're going up against the best teams in the league here in the second half of the season. So when you say they got to come away with you know some points, I I think a split would be you know acceptable. Yeah. Um, what you really want is at least four points here in this series. Like if you can take a game to overtime, and you know. Hats off! You can't, you, you kind of cut your losses and, and take four points. Um, you know, I I think that four four you gotta have really because this is gonna yeah. be a brutal stretch here to close out the season. Um, you know, Michigan Tech is right there. I, I know Bemidji's at the top of this league, which means literally like nothing right now. And I think uh, I I really enjoyed uh, <laughs> listening to Tom Saratori answer that question at his presser this week. Um, he was asked about what it means to be in first place. And um, I just, yeah, yeah. What, what do you take? You know, there's really, there's really the, the only person you could ask that question to who would, who would give you the answer he gave was, was Tom Saratori too, because it means nothing. I mean, it really means nothing when, when there's seven points separating seven teams in this league, um, it could be anybody's any given weekend. So uh, it's really, really important right now for Bemidji to get healthy um, to get those guys back from World Juniors, uh, the timing couldn't be better because they are playing the last place team in the league. But to do it on the road is still going to be tough. I mean, it's not easy to go into that 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 barn and and, and win a game and uh, to to 
come out with with at least three points, you'll take it. But Bemidji has to be looking for more this weekend. They really, really do. Yeah, and and you bring up a good point with trying to get healthy. I mean, it it is a gauntlet to end the season. There's two bye weekends mixed in in the middle of those, thanks to a tournament at the Sanford Center. Um, And I think there was a built-in bye week before that. But uh, if – you know, maybe they maybe they say, "Hey, look, we'll we'll deal with it without Loaf this weekend and try and and try and just get a split or get four points and we'll cut our losses and get health rested up for." You know, there there are also guys battling injuries that I don't. They're in the lineup. Uh, Layton Road took a nasty hit on his shoulder and he he left the game against Bowling Green. Carter Jones went headfirst into the boards and didn't come back for the rest of that series too. I mean, and these are guys that are playing. You know, so. Yep. Like, it's it's every single weekend it's just punishing for them and so i think you know like you said three points has to be the minimum but anything more would you kind of need it when you look at the rest of that schedule before we get to the exhibitions we have one more regular season uh you know, real series here it's uh the annual bowling green ohio state home and home and a lot like what we were talking about earlier i think with the the st cloud Bowling uh, Bemidji series and the 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 regional kind of rivalries that these are ones that despite the the way that these teams are currently playing you kind of have to want to play these every year just because of the fact that the for the the prestige of it right Ohio State in your building you go to Ohio State uh, for one for these two and uh, you know Trent looking at this one I know this is your first year fully covering CCHA but you know. Bowling Green, not exactly the team that we expected from them at the beginning of the year. It looked like they were gaining some some speed, you know, you know a month ago. Um, they ran into a bit of a, a snag with that with that BSU series there. But uh, what do you see from this one? Ohio State, uh, maybe a, a little more of a kind of like the, the the Mankato and haven't played in a little while, as opposed to uh, Bowling Green, which did get that exhibition game and maybe shake out some of the the cobwebs. Yeah, obviously, you know, they're still going up against a, a tough team here. Uh, but yeah, Bowling Green season's been wild, right? Like we, we went into the season what they were they were third, I think, predicted. And uh, on that day, you know, we find out that that Swankler's not going to be with the team. And uh, then we're like, oh, well, they're, well, they're going to be the worst team, right? And and sure enough, they have not. They, you know, they get Tiger back and and this team has been this team has been solid. I mean, they're they're shooting well. They win faceoffs. I mean, they're, mm-hmm. they lead the league in faceoff wins, and they're a great penalty killing team. I mean, they do a lot of little things very well. Um, and so it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to go up to match yourself up against a an Ohio State team uh, that right now has a losing record, but is still a Big Ten team. And you know, it's 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 that that gap between the CCHA and the Big Ten. So we'll we'll get a good measure of, of what Bowling Green looks like against them. Um, you know, I think they're going to Ohio state the first game and then they'll, they'll play at home on Saturday. So um, certainly interested to see what they do. Uh, Bowling Green, you know, Cole Moore was, was the goalie of the month in December uh, played outstanding just in December and, and has really just kind of owned it. I mean, he's, he's taken over in net. Uh, he's their guy. And I think, they're going to ride with him for as long as they can at this point um, doing a, an outstanding job. I know, I know that they have another option, Christian Stover, who's also played tremendously. I think um, in his last start, there was a few that he might have wanted back, but he still has, has looked good when he's been in there and his numbers reflect that too. So 
Uh, Bowling Green sitting interest sitting in an interesting spot there at seven um, in, in the standings, but that means again nothing when when you have fifteen points and the top team has twenty two. That one weekend could change everything. So uh, important for them to to get on the good foot here and 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 you know take advantage of a, a good non conference game um, and then get back into CCHA play after that. I mean, it was one weekend that got them back to where they were, right? They split Ferris exactly. Uh, yep. So. Uh, you, you do you put something together like that again and i know these aren't league games but you can kind of build on that going forward and saying this is who you know, who really are who who is the team that we are right now i'm speaking like yoda right. here but jared uh <laughs> jared what do you think of this uh this home and home i didn't when you when you said that they were one of the best face-off teams in the cc i i didn't pick up on they're sixth <laughs> in the country at 54.4 and yeah. I think the next best CCHA team is Northern Michigan at 51%. I think they won like 65% of their face-offs against Bemidji State, but that's kind of a normal occurrence here sometimes. Is <laughs> Bemidji State's just not very good at face-offs. So I I didn't put much stock into it at the time. And, and that's just – I don't know. That's just really impressive. Um, and, yeah, Cole, <laughs> Cole Moore. That's the, that's the only thing I have out of Bowling Green. He is so good. I mean, to see someone that big – move the way that he can uh it's it's just really impressive and he's pretty fearless too for being a freshman uh, you know especially when you know, hey they're gonna they're gonna start him back-to-back nights and they lost friday night and they need points saturday and uh he's he's got a quick memory or you know he just he just lets things go he plays a very simple game and it's really fun to watch and i mean he's he's a really really special talent i think it'll I think I think I'm excited for people to start recognizing it more and see, you know, everyone sees the CCHA plays of the week where he makes the big saves, but he does so many little things that help out that defense and and keep them in game. So yeah, I uh, it's been really fun to watch. I want in what just to piggyback on on Bowling Green a little bit too. I mean, you know, there's been a lot of talk about what they would do offensively uh, when they lost Swankler, and I think they've done a decent job all things considered um, because you kind of just got to, you got to, you know, deal with the hand that you have. Uh, One guy defensively who's really stood out, Gustav Sternberg. He's a freshman. Mm -hmm. Uh, The guys played, the guys played solid. I mean, he's got 10 points on the season, uh, four goals, six assists. And then their, their leading scorer is Ryan O'Hara with nine goals and 16 points. So um, they've gotten some guys who have filled in those those spots. Brody Waters has 13 points and and you know is is getting it done for him too. So, uh, yeah, yeah, they want more. I know they want more. I think everybody in this team wants more consistency and more more offense uh, all around. I mean, I think the only team that really really should be satisfied with what they're doing offensively is is maybe Lake State, but um, but Bowling Green is it's coming around. Uh, it's it's just it's. Can they hold up here in the second half of the season? Because I think they've got a tough stretch here too. I know they got to go to Minnesota State when they get back, um, and and so this second half of the season is going to be truly defining for a lot of teams. Yeah, and, and for Bowling Green, just going back to the guys that you're talking about, there the transfers that have really uh, they're they're going to be relying on you know pretty heavily. I know Waters is a freshman over there, but but Nodler, Kirsten. Uh, uh, Passing in from from Clarkson and uh, Ozar uh, from Denver are guys that they've, they've all scored big goals for this team, and I think that they're going to need them to 
to produce a little more if they're going to take that step and be a top four team. It's, it's, we talked about this. There's seven teams right now. I mean, Ferris, if they want to make a an argument, could sweep Bemidji State this weekend, and then we have eight teams that are in in the running for top four spots, uh, which is kind of wild. But, yeah. How, how shocked would we be if that happened, too? Would we really even be shocked? No. I mean, like. <laughs> Darren wouldn't, and that's, and that's all that matters. No, I wouldn't be shocked. See, that's all. I mean, he's the one we trust in in these uh, in this area. A <laughs> uh, couple of exhibition games before we get out of here, guys. Uh, interesting ones. Uh, St. Thomas hosting uh, Minnesota Duluth, who's had a, a bit of a down year after putting up eight goals on seemingly every team they played in the opening month of the season. Um, they've had some injury problems like last year too. Really, really tough luck for the for the Bulldogs up there. Uh, this year in a team out of the NCHC comes to St. Thomas for an exhibition, really just to, you know, for St. Thomas to find their Midwest legs again, I guess, after uh, not playing very well at Vermont. Uh, first, this one, uh, we'll start with the Trent there. Yeah. It, it, like you said, I mean, what, what's St. Thomas going to do? You, you come back home. Uh, how do you bounce back from, from kind of what happened out there in Vermont uh, over the weekend? I mean, you're still right there. You're in second place. Um, you know, I know this is just an opportunity for St. Thomas to really uh, get back on the right track here and, and make something of this. Then they, they've got Michigan Tech next week. Yeah, and, a short week, uh, yeah. Yeah, and so, yeah, I mean, this is, you know, for them, the exhibition, I think that this is a perfect time of year to have these exhibition games. Um, you know, maybe even scrap the whole going out to Vermont thing because just let's 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 in come hindsight. back from the holidays yeah right right I think if, I think if everybody in this league in hindsight they, they would have re- redone their schedules if they'd have known that this is what the CCHA was going to look like this year um they would all have had exhibition games last weekend and this weekend um so yeah so we'll we'll, we'll, we'll see with St. Thomas I mean this is another uh possible future huge rivalry for them uh against Minnesota Duluth these in-state rivalries are kind of – it's kind of cool to, to watch St. Thomas really embrace these as they've uh, gone Division One here. So this is another another one that could, you know, blossom into something really big. Joe, what do you think? UMD at uh, the uh, Tommy's Ice Arena there, St. Thomas Ice Arena. Oh, me? Yeah, you, Jared. Um, Yeah, I mean, I, the interesting thing with UMD right now is, like, they don't – they're down two of their best centers. Yeah. Like it's tough because it's like one of them was an injury and it's, he's academic. The other one's academically ineligible, which is, I think they're trying to figure things out too. Um, And like Trent said, St. Thomas has some things to figure out after, you know, a tough game on Saturday. I also thought like back to their Saturday game against Vermont, they got goalied a little bit on Saturday. Uh, I, I don't, I don't remember if they outshot yeah. them, but, uh, they played had a ton of really good chances in that Vermont goalie played really well. And so I, I wonder if they're almost just sitting there like, well, you know, what are we going to do? We got beat by the better guy tonight and you can, maybe it's pretty easy to get over. And um, it is interesting to play two games that count and then come back and play an exhibition game uh, when, you know, but yeah, I mean, it'll be, it's like, like Trent said, it's a, it's a fun in-state game. I don't, when I think of in-state games, I don't think of Duluth and St. Thomas playing against each other, but they are in-state teams, and it's it's really fun, and it'll be cool for them. So, yeah, the more they play, the more you'll think of it, right? Yeah, exactly. And then, lastly, we have the uh, 
Northern and Tech rivalry, but in exhibition form. Uh, that is in Marquette on Saturday. Uh, Jared, turn it right back around to you. Why is this an exhibition game? Like, is there? I mean, I'm still new to some CCHA stuff too. So, is this normal that they do this exhibition? No, the NCA allowed for teams to play Canadian and NCA teams as in exhibitions in season now. So, yeah, teams are finding like, it being easier just to get easier to schedule. Um, and they can you can play an exhibition. Neither of these teams played their exhibition at the beginning of the year, fair. so they had it's basically like saying why not is is my guess yeah i mean northern has the most to benefit from this i guess because they haven't played in a month so uh, it's good for them that they get to get their feet wet a little bit before they play games that count again um and for michigan tech i hope they just kind of you know take the governor off of that swankler gordon and mosley line and just let him wreak havoc and just let him try new things maybe maybe switch up lines every period to see what works and what doesn't obviously you don't want to fix what isn't broken but you just add this very talented player into your roster maybe i don't know maybe pair see if he fits on a line with kukinen and maybe kukinen can score a goal now i mean it's uh there's it should be like a trial and error thing for for michigan tech and yeah i'm i'm sure they'll there's not going to be any love lost even though it's an exhibition game between these two teams so yeah i'm sure it'll be a, a fun or a fun night Maybe we see Max Varanen for Tech in goal. Yeah, uh, you have right. I think you have to, Trent. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, for for Northern, I, I, from their perspective, I know that they've had some injuries. Um, they had a lot of injuries, and in they, but they, I think they're expecting to really get most everybody back. Maybe one guy who won't be back. Um, I know Petoni talked about it a little bit at his um, his press conference this week. So uh, it's, you know, it's, it's just, it's, you, you, it, it's like a measuring stick that you already, like, it's not just your normal exhibition game, which is really what's unique about this one. It, it's a, it's a regional school. It's a, obviously a huge rival. And so you're able to, you're, you're very familiar with this team, but it also, you know, it doesn't mean anything because it, it's, it's not for points. So they're there. I know they're all just going to be trying out a lot of stuff. I don't even, you know, we might see, we might see multiple goalies in, in, you know, each period of this game and, um, I know that each, each team is, is really going to be trying to, to just give some guys some ice time just to see what they have. Um, so it's, it's unique in a lot of senses because like, I'm, 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 I'm really intrigued by what the crowd looks like for a game like this. Like how many exhibition games have these two teams played do like is, have they, have they done this often in the past? Like, I don't think it, it might not you... have happened. It may never have happened before. Yeah. Yeah, so that's it. It's just really, really interesting time to do it. And obviously, you do not want to play this game. Like, if you're if you're northern, you're you're for sure not playing this game. You know, while they're fresh off of having played already in the GLI, and then you know you turn around and have it played in what two three weeks, and then yeah. and then have to go and play your rival. <laughs> like that would be that would be an absolute like just boneheaded move for for you know putting together your schedule. So this is um. This is certainly good that it's an exhibition game. I think they, they meet later on, I believe, in February. Don't quote me on that. Um, but I think they'll do the home and home again later on this season. So They will. It's uh, the third, second, third? Second, third. Is it? Cool. Yep. So, yeah, we're about a month away from the rematch there. Um, so, uh, thanks, guys. With that, we're going to let you guys uh, – 
give us anything you're working on and where people can find your uh your work uh trent you, uh I'll, I'll let you say it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, you can find me at the rink live, um, you know, for, for most of this audience, I'm sure uh, you can read my stuff at the rink live. But if you do happen to be in the Sioux Falls area, you can also read my stuff at Sioux Falls live. And if you are listening to this in the Sioux Falls area, I applaud you because that's really cool that, you know, the base is growing into the Sioux Falls area for the CCHA. I know this is a league that Augustana is excited to be in. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to cover it. It's, it's, it's truly been an honor to, to work with, with so many great people, uh, Perry and Jared included. Uh, so yeah. Awesome. Very cool. Thanks Trent. Yeah. Yeah. Catch Trent. Right? He reads, he writes about the whole league, not just Augustana, but uh, he'll be covering the games this weekend, uh, Mankato and Augustana there and fine. And then Midco opens. We'll, we'll get a chance to talk about that. We'll probably have Trent back on after, uh, they open up Midco arena, which has looked every bit of the. Uh, awesome that we've seen video and photo wise uh, from that site. Yep. And hop over to the rink live. I did a piece uh, a few weeks back, kind of going through the the facilities to, to give everybody sort of an idea of where everything is, what the features are, you know, uh, some insights into the scoreboard and whatnot. So, uh, you know, just search Midco arena on the rink live. I'm sure you'll find it, but uh, yeah, you can read all my stuff over there and uh, yeah. And you can see where all the lines, the top lines of CCHA and where are they now? Uh, from also <laughs> Jared, uh, where could people find you uh, and follow you? Uh, yeah, Bemidji Pioneer in the Rink Live. You know, it's the same same deal as Trent. It's all in the Rink Live. But if you're listening, Bemidji, also pretty cool. Um, I, I'm gonna actually plug two things. Yes. First is gonna be Trent's story on uh, Chad. Is it Demers? Is that how you say yep. it? Yep. That Demers. was. Uh, I mean, it's such a sad situation, but it's just a heck of a job. It was one of my favorite stories I've read in a long, long time. So it's on, I think, is it on, is it pinned on your Twitter account? It is pinned on my Twitter. There you go. Yeah, that's where you can find it. Uh, It's a great story. Everyone should read that. And then I have a really big profile coming out on Eric Polkamp. Kind of, I tease some of the things where he's first Team USA kid. And I think he might be first NHL draft pick. Um, uh yeah i i've done interviews or i'm gonna do interviews with his whole family and stuff like that i mean he's they his family took an impromptu trip to sweden all six of his siblings so it's it's been a really cool journey for him and so that'll come out sometime i don't know when but it'll come out so beautiful i love it that's awesome oh guys thanks for coming on uh yeah we'll get this thing up folks listen to it before uh the semifinal for the U.S. and for the before the weekend of CCHA action gets underway again. Thanks for coming on, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for listening to this episode of the CCHA Show. For stories, scores, stats, and more, visit CCHA.com.